Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Speaking of traveling the world, we're actually here in beautiful Taipei, Taiwan. We just finished making an entire circle of the island, heading from Taipei to Taichung to Tainan, down to Huangsheng, then to the Kenting, the national park in the south, the southernmost tip. Then we went down east uh, into Taichung, and then into Hualin, and then the Taroko National Park, then to Yilan, and just yesterday we returned here to Taipei. And we're going to be spending the next few days here and then heading over to the Philippines. Uh, so make sure you follow our blog to get all the pictures, videos, blog posts, and more at daddyblogger.com. And as we're traveling, we love interviewing fellow expats, fellow travelers, and uh, fellow friends we meet along the way. And uh, on today's interview, actually, I have a very special guest who actually met here in Taiwan. I was taking the MRT, which is the subway or metro, and as I was going down the escalators, I heard some English music, and it's like, hallelujah, English. <laughs> so uh, I ended up uh, meeting our guest today. His name is Andrew Good, and he was just busking at the, the, the train station, and we had a quick chat, took some pictures and videos, and then um, I was able to message him on social media, and boom, here we are doing a podcast interview. So it's really cool how, uh, you know, the power of connection uh, when you're traveling and to stay connected and you never know where the, the future will lead. So it's very important to make those connections and keep those connections. So Andrew Good, uh, he is uh, from the UK originally, but he's been living in Taiwan for over 10 years, over 10 years. And he's a full-time musician. He does uh, busking, he does studio recordings, he plays at different events and functions. He's also the founder of Forest of Sound. You can check out his music, it's amazing music, at forestofsound.com and also on YouTube and iTunes and Spotify and KKBox. And we're going to be finding out all about Andrew's journey from the UK here to Taiwan and also about um, how you as a musician or aspiring artist can also busk your way around the world travel around the world as a musician, and of course, sustain yourself financially. So super excited to get Andrew here on the show. How are you doing today over there in um, Kaohsiung, Taiwan? I'm good. I'm great, Ricky. It's very warm here. It's lovely and hot. There's always the stereotype that uh, Taipei is, is more gloomy and cloudy and rainy, and down in the, 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 the west and the south, it's more uh, sunny and warmer and hotter. So there's definitely advantages both ways. So, Andrew, one of the things we love to do when we start off the show is to get to know our guests. Uh, so you obviously have this amazing backstory of coming from the UK here to Taiwan. Why don't you share a quick version of that, like a two-minute version of your story? Two-minute version. Okay. Um... I came here in 2004 and um, I uh, found a job online um, as a, an English teacher. Uh, I did a TEFL uh, degree in London, um, and then, which is teaching English as a foreign language. And, um, and then I found a job online and um, I moved out to Taiwan. And um, I was teaching English here for about... Uh, um, 11 years before I made the switch to, to a full-time musician about two or three years ago. Awesome. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a lot shorter than two minutes. But in terms of your uh, teaching career, I'd love to kind of unpack that a little bit, and then we're going to do a much, much, much deeper dive into music. Uh, one of the things, obviously, people can do when they're considering living overseas is to teach English. Actually, that's how I started as a world traveler. Uh, when I finished university back in Canada, I taught English in Japan. Oh, really? a year in Japan, travel around Asia, and a lot of people either teach in China, Korea, Japan, Taiwan, Middle East, South and Central America. So obviously that's a great way to um, 
expand your horizons, live in another country and income. So how was your journey uh, teaching English? Tell us about the good and also the not so good. What did you like and not like as a, as a teacher in Taiwan? Shall I start with the good or the bad? Okay. Well, the, the, the good thing about Taiwan that everyone I know that comes here um, finds is that uh, the cost of living is, is very, very low and um, you're paid very well to, uh, to teach English here. Um, most people here are paid on an hourly basis and the schools are called uh, cram schools, which um, are schools that the kids go to after they finish their regular school. Um, they come to the cram school. So the classes uh, can start from around 2 p.m. Um, and they can finish as late as 10 p.m. in, in some schools. Um, so the schedule is, is quite, quite a late one. So there's not much for people who don't like to wake up in the morning. <laughs> um, if you want to, you can avoid morning classes and uh, you can have a kind of a much later start to your day, which is good for me because I'm, I'm, I'm not a morning person. Um, and um, yeah, you live very comfortably here. Um, so uh, I always, it's easy to save um, and I have a lot of, uh, as a teacher, I have a lot of uh, expendable income. Um, the cost of um, transportation is very cheap because you have the MRT, but you also have scooters. Everyone here drives a scooter. Very cheap to buy, very cheap to run. Uh, petrol is, uh, is extremely cheap here. Um, and, oh yeah, sorry, back to teaching. Yeah, <laughs> uh, teaching's fun, but uh, it's mostly, it's mostly um, kids. Um, I personally enjoy teaching like elementary uh, level kids um, from around five up until about uh, 15, 15 years old. Um, and I, my favorite is like grade one and two. I think we've lost the audio here, Ricky. So Andrew, you actually made this big shift. Uh, you were a teacher and now you're a full-time musician. And I'm sure there was a lot of challenges and struggles making that shift. Any shift is difficult, but going from a teacher mm -hmm. to a musician, tell us about your thought process, making a decision and, and finally fulfilling it and uh, going from teaching to being a musician. Okay, well, um, when I was teaching, um, I actually experimented with busting a little bit, just part-time on the side. Um, because I'd already tried busking in England and um, I discovered that um, it paid quite well. So I thought, why not? I'll just give it a go in Taiwan and um, see how people respond. And the response was amazing. Uh, people were very generous. Um, I think because I'm a foreigner, um, it's something of a novelty. And it's not really a live music culture here at all. It's more about KTV, which is karaoke television. And there doesn't seem to be much of a live music culture at all. So I think... Um, me performing here was something of a, a novelty, you know, and, and uh, I think people were excited to see something a bit different. So, um, because it went so well, I thought, wait a minute, maybe I can, uh, maybe I can make this switch somehow from from teaching to uh, to being a full time musician. And um, I got my uh, my permanent visa um, uh, about three three or four years ago. Um, it's called an APRC, which means a permanent resident card, alien permanent resident card. So I now have a permanent visa, which means I can, I now have an open work permit and I can be self-employed. So once I got that, I decided to um, uh, go for it. And I, I quit teaching and uh, started um, uh, being a busker. Uh, I got my, my, my permit, my, uh, my street performance license, 
Um, and then I also contacted lo local bars and restaurants and uh, set up some regular uh, shows um, playing playing there. And I uh, got my studio up and running and uh, soundproofed it and then made uh, a Facebook page for that and uh, made the website and started to promote that as well. Um, I mean, I'm still a baby with this. It's still kind of very much in the early stages for me. Um, but um, it's, it's a challenge, but it's going well, yeah. I mean, I had enough of teaching. I was kind of burnt out from teaching. As maybe you've had similar experience, you know, you, when you're teaching, um, it, can, it can be, uh, temple teaching can be quite repetitive. And, uh, you know, you don't necessarily get a summer holiday here. You just keep going. So uh, you can kind of burn out pretty easily if, uh, if you do it for, for long enough, which is what happens to me. Yeah. Yeah, you, you definitely don't have the freedom as a teacher because you have to go to your classroom, you have your set hours, you have your set curriculum, and like you said, it can get quite repetitive. And of course, there's a lot of uh, um, um, amazing experiences being able to impact uh, uh, your students and uh, empower them to learn English and all, but there's always a downside oh, yeah. with anything. Yeah, even if, with music, there's obviously the ups and downs uh, with any career. So tell yeah, us yeah. How you have made it as a musician because uh, business stereotype a lot of musicians they struggle financially artists creatives even myself I'm a blogger and I, I, I you know that book publishing and stuff like that and these careers aren't typically very lucrative and I know for, for a fact mm. it's been a struggle for me as a blogger and a musician is totally different yet there's some similarities but tell us about what you've done uh, in terms of uh, trial and error what's worked what hasn't worked and tell us about uh, Kind of some tips for success as a musician. Tips for success as a musician. Um, well, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a successful musician, <laughs> um, but um, I mean, I would say I've tried being a musician. I tried being a musician in England. Um, I was a guitar teacher um, for a while. And England's tough. It's very expensive and very cold. So. Taiwan for me, I discovered was uh, somewhere where the cost of living was, was uh, very affordable and the weather was always, always good. Um, and um, yeah, I'd say find, find a place that works for you in terms of uh, cost of living if you want to be a musician. Uh, it's tricky. Uh, make lots of contacts. Um, I think. Yeah, being a musician is one of those things where it really helps to um, get to know all the local venues and, and make lots of friends, you know, and um, find as much information as possible about where to play. Um, maybe get some support acts with, with other, other already established artists that are in the city that you're living in. Um, yeah. <laughs> you are. I would definitely say you're a successful musician. The fact that you're able to do it full time, the fact that you're recording CDs, you're helping other musicians, you've uh, made it uh, in terms of living overseas. So uh, yeah, you're definitely successful in my book. So good on you, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Tell us about your actual, uh, the music, uh, the style of music you play. You, you do some covers, but plus you actually record a lot of your original songs and you have your CD. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that side of your music. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, well, here's my CD. Um, it's called Once More Around the Sun. And um, I, um, I play guitar and sing, um, but I also play bass and uh, uh, I kind of record the vocal harmonies as well. I, I write all the lyrics. Um, but I'm, I've been lucky to work with um, lots of uh, local musicians here as well who, have, um, who I've been in bands with and who've helped me out 
Um, and um, I write, write all the songs myself. And um, uh, what was the question again? <laughs> tell, tell us about your creative process to actually write the music. Because you're, you obviously have uh, ideas in terms of uh, song uh, ideas. What kind of themes? Is it love songs, uh, travel, self-discovery, self-reflection? Mm -hmm. What are the kind of the themes? And talk about the process of writing the song and then finalizing the lyrics. Okay, well, um, it varies from song to song. I mean, I always try to write about my own, my own experiences um, and um, try to write something that actually means something to me. Um, so on the CD, for example, I've got... Um, the first song is about um, my experience of travel. Um, I recently traveled uh, to um, Spain, um, Bilbao, in the north of Spain, and um, to visit some friends that live there. And um, I went with my, my, uh, my girlfriend at the time, and uh, we also went to uh, Berlin in, in Germany. And um, I wrote this first song called Along the Way, which is about my experience of uh, hiking uh, from France uh, over, the, over the Pyrenees um, into Spain. And I did a, a Catholic pilgrimage, which you may have heard of. It's called the uh, Camino de Santiago. Yes, of course. Yeah. Pilgrimage. Of course, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I hadn't heard of it before I went. And a friend of mine said, hey, do you want to do this, uh, this pilgrimage? And um, people will do it for like a month or two. Um, but we, we did it for just uh, about 10 days. Um, and we hiked 25 kilometers a day and uh, with a backpack on. And I wrote this song called Along the Way about all the people I met uh, on, my, on my hike. We met some real characters and some lovely people. Uh, and it was, that was a really fun experience. So. As soon as I got back from that, that hike, um, well, that, that pilgrimage, I, um, I sat down and uh, came up with like a vocal melody in and I, I kind of had, uh, I had a couple of lines that I, that I liked. Uh, one of the lines was, um, uh, solitude is good for the soul, they say. Um, and then uh, another line was, if you don't love yourself, then no one will. And um, I had those two lines that I liked and then I started to work out, um, you know the the rhythm, the rhythm of the uh, of the song, and how how I could fit the words in, and then I had some chords and vocal melody I liked. Um, it took me um, took me a couple of hours, maybe just to get the basics down, and then that's usually how I do it. I get most of it down in a couple of hours, and then I have to go back and tweak the lyrics, and then um, sometimes it can take me weeks to actually finish like the third verse. You know, I'll get the I'll get the first two verses in the chorus. And then I kind of like feel like, yeah, it's done. But I know there has to be a third verse written at some point, but I, I put it off for ages. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome, awesome. Uh, one of the questions I had for you is about busking, because you've actually done this around the world in several different cities, several different countries, several different continents. And I think it's a great way of traveling the world, because uh, no matter where you are, you can set up shop in a train station, subway station, in a park, in a market, uh, Tell us about yeah. that journey in terms of busking around the world. Where have you done it? And what has been your experience like? Okay, well, I first did it as a teenager um, in the UK. Um, and that was fine um, if it's in the summer or in the spring. But in the winter, it was just like freezing cold. I was busking in one degrees, one degree Celsius. Um, on my recent trip, I went back to visit my parents uh, for Christmas. And I was busking in Oxford. And Oxford was great. Um, 
different cities have different rules. So some rules, uh, some cities say you must have a, a license, a busking permit, and some some don't. And Oxford was a good one because they they say you don't need one, and they have just spots set up around the city um, where you're allowed to play. But they have a rule where they say you can only play in one spot for one hour, um, and that's to allow other uh, musicians a chance to come and perform there as well, and also give the local businesses a break from hearing the same person for more than one hour. Um, but yeah, that was great during the summer because I, I busked there in July and August. And when I came back in December, and it was um, I had to have like gloves on, and I had hand warmers in my pockets, and I had hand warmers under my feet, and I was wearing about six layers and, and a woolly hat, and it was like one degree Celsius and like, freezing cold. Um, I also uh, performed in uh, in Spain in Bilbao, and that was very interesting because that's a that's quite kind of a, a beautiful old city with lots of uh, culture and live music. There is it's very popular, um, and I got a good response there. Um, and Berlin as well. Berlin was fantastic. There are places to to just bask all over all over the all over the uh, the city, and it's different there. Like you can. Um, People understand that uh, you can just play for like 20 minutes outside a restaurant and then it's understood that once you finish you can walk around the people that are sitting at the tables with a hat and uh, they, they put money in and I, I didn't feel comfortable doing that um, at first but um, then I, I, I tried it a couple of times and realized that well that's how, how it's done here and people are fine with it so yeah people have different ways different Cultures have different ways of um, embracing busking or, or or saying no to busking. Um, I'd say Berlin was probably the most the most fun, the most uh, uh, welcoming to the idea of uh, being a musician, being a street performer. Yeah, there are definitely different cultural differences. Some cultures are much more shy, reserved. Some cultures are. You need to actually pass around the hat. Some some of the time you just put it down, and uh, uh, sometimes there's exchange. Okay, you give some money, and then you get a sticker or a treat. So a whole bunch of different cultural differences, no matter where you are in the world. I'm curious to know about the psychology because you, as a busker, you're not guaranteed income. Um, you know, you could show up, and you might make ten dollars the whole time you're there. You might make a hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, right? So there's obviously this um, this uh, roller coaster of emotion you're going through, especially if you look down and you're yeah. like. They're just a penny, sir. Just a five, five, five cents, right? So, I'm sure there's a lot of psychology that's going on to keep yourself positive. Tell us about your mindset when you go in there, when you're busking, and when you finish. How do you keep yourself positive, upbeat, uplifted the whole time? Yeah, well, there's a psychology up that I have to use for myself to keep myself upbeat, like you say. Um, and there's also a psychology where I have to. Um, behave in a certain way to actually engage with the audience. That's the main thing is to kind of smile and uh, make eye contact. I think that's so important as with, you know, as with any, any uh, activity really. Smiling and making eye contact is, is very important. And um, when I get a smile back or a wave or a, or a bit of money, then um, that, that really kind of lifts my spirits and, and makes me feel a lot better. Um, so sometimes some days can be slow and I'm not doing well and maybe I'm tired or maybe I had a bad, a bad morning um, and it can kind of swing, swing either way. Um, but um, 
I also bring, I have some little tricks that I use, like I bring like a bag of percussion. I have some maracas and uh, a tambourine and some egg shakers. And sometimes I'll get kids who really, really want to listen. So I'll throw out some egg shakers to, to them and some maracas. And they'll join in and the parents will be um, filming them and filming me. And then I'll, uh, some, often I'll get photos, you know, taken with, with me. And I've had, uh, I've had people ask me to sign the CDs after they buy the buy a CD. Um, so really, it's all about just trying to get people involved as much as possible. So, like uh, my body language, my my facial expressions, um, uh, making it interactive by giving people um, some percussion to play. You know, asking people to come over, um, asking people, wait, where are you from? You know, what are you doing? And once you engage with people and get them involved, then they're much more likely to stop. And listen, and potentially um, give me money. And um, also, I have I make these signs like, with all my social media on it, so that everyone can see. I've got like all my social media links. And I've got the QR codes here and the album cover. Um, and I also have like a big um, sign that I put out, which is a, a list of all the songs. These are all like classics uh, that Taiwanese people. Um, I like to listen to because here was a big KTV culture and uh, everyone loves like classic love songs, uh, the Beatles, you know, Ain't No Sunshine, Stand By Me. Moon River is, is one that everyone asked me for. So I, I've learned how to play Moon River, <laughs> a lot of cheesy stuff. Um, so I have this, kept this list of like songs and it's written in English and also in Chinese. So that's a tip. If you are traveling and you're playing in different countries, um, it's good to have a sign with, um, uh, like a bilingual sign with, uh, with the songs written in different languages. And that, that was a recent thing that I started doing, putting out this sign with, with Chinese on it, where people can pick a song, and it says in Chinese, um, pick a classic English song, make a donation, and, and join in. You know? So people like that, they'll come up to me and I'll look at the sign and, and make a request, and then I'll play it. You know? And obviously once, I've played a song they've requested, then, then they're, they're almost definitely going to give me some money for that, for that request. Yeah, so that works well. Awesome. Great uh, tips there, Andrew. Uh, one of the questions I have is uh, regarding permits. Uh, you mentioned you've done this in Oxford and Berlin and Bilbao and Taiwan and other places around the world. Uh, in terms of permits, can you just show up anywhere? Uh, start playing and then hope you don't get caught by the local police or you have to apply for permits or you try both. Sometimes you do permits and sometimes you just risk it. Yes. Um, it's one of those activities that is often like a gray area. People aren't really sure what the rules are and it depends very much on the country you're in and the city you're in. Uh, different cities have different rules, different countries have different rules. Um, as far as Taiwan goes, um, um, you are you are meant to have, legally speaking, you, you must have a, a license to, to perform um, anywhere. And uh, I do have one. Um, I have uh, a, a city uh, permit for Kaohsiung, which is where I live. And um, uh, the process is quite strange. Um, it took about five hours and uh, you have to do an audition. So I went to this audition and there's, there's a few hundred people there. And you've got, uh, you've got a juggler. <laughs> there are jugglers and there are dancers. And you have to, you're given a number and then you, you go on, the, on your, you go to where your number is on the floor and you have to wait your turn. 
and there are three judges that walk around and when it's your turn they just say go and you start playing and singing but after about 30 or 40 seconds they just stop you and uh and they, they move on so they they base they base it on hearing you for about 30 seconds um and uh but anyway apparently uh what i did was was good because i, I got the permit i played stand by me and i got people clapping along and singing um so yeah my advice is if you do have to do any kind of audition to get a permit then keep it lively and uh, keep it interactive i have a foot tambourine which i use as well um so i think the main thing was just to the judges wanted to see that i was able to entertain a crowd you know, and get people involved so so that's what i did and it, it, it paid off um so i have a permit for, for gaucham city and I also have a permit for the MRT, which is a separate license which I had to get. And to perform on the MRT, I have to pay uh, every time I pay about $500 to, to, to play in that spot. And I have that for, um, for the day, which is quite expensive, but it's, uh, it works out, works out pretty well. And remember what Andrew is referring to is actually new Taiwan dollars, not 500 US dollars. So it's about ah, just under, yes. under 20 US dollars, about 15 to 17 to 18 US dollars. So, uh, yes. and of course it depends on if you're able to make um, more than the 20 bucks over that. It's a long time period. Then obviously it's worth it. But otherwise, if you have a bad day, it might not be as worth it. Uh, so it, it seems to be a little bit pricier than I thought it would be. And always, obviously this price point, differs based on which city or country or continent you're in. And sometimes there isn't even a cost, right? Sometimes it's fully free to get the permit. Oh, well, actually, the permit itself was free. And um, every other spot um, to play in Taiwan or any other place I've played in the world is, is absolutely free. It, the only place I've ever paid to perform is in Taiwan uh, on, the, on the MRT, which is the, the, metro, the metro stations here. So don't worry about that. It's, this is like a, an exception to the rule. Usually, you would never have to, to pay. To yeah, and definitely very interesting to hear uh, about how it works in terms of getting uh, the permit. Quite an interesting process there with the additions and uh, people yeah. uh, playing along and uh, kind of getting into the melody. So, I'm curious, Andrew, about your future. Uh, you've been in uh, Taiwan for se several years now. Uh, you obviously like it quite a, uh, quite a lot to stay here this long. Tell us about the future. Are you planning to stay here indefinitely? Are you planning to go back to the UK, maybe try out a different part of the world? Uh, and also tell us about the future in terms of your life and travels, and also about your music. What are your upcoming projects? Okay, well, um, I'm planning to stay in Taiwan for the foreseeable future. Um, right now, I'm just focused on my career and uh, trying to save some more money. Um, I'm going to be moving to Taipei at the end of this year um, because I have lots of musician friends up there. I'm going to be starting a new band up there when I move and um, expanding my, my studio and getting more studio work um, and uh, working on my social media. And uh, I mean, that's my, that's my main focus right now. And that's going to be what I'm going to be doing for the next few years. Awesome. So speaking of social media, how can people connect with you? You have your website, you got your YouTube channel, um, you got your music everywhere, you know, on iTunes and Spotify, KKBox, which is kind of the equivalency here in Asia. How can people grab a copy of CD? How can they follow you on social media? And how can they support the work you're doing? Um, well, um, people can uh, follow, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, um, which is called Forest of Sound. Or you can just search for Andrew Good, and uh, you'll, you'll find me on there. 
Um, <clears throat> uh, you can uh, listen to my music on Spotify, uh, iTunes, uh, Apple Music, Amazon, Google Play. It's KKBox. It's on everything. Um, as far as the CDs go, I'm, I'm, this is just something I'm doing locally in Taiwan. So my CDs are not actually available to, to buy um, outside of Taiwan. Um, so just digital for now. Um, um, but you can also follow me on Facebook. My Facebook page is called Andrew Good Music. Um, and my website is forestofsound.com. And uh, did I miss anything? I don't think so. Yeah. No, I think you're very yeah. comprehensive. You could be found everywhere, <laughs> everywhere online. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but basically, basically yeah. check out the force of uh, sound.com. And that has links to all of Andrew's different uh, social media and uh, online um, avenues and platforms. I'll have the links below. If you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be right in the YouTube description. If you're listening on iTunes, it'll be right in the show notes. Uh, so, Andrew, it was uh, amazing to connect over there in Kaohsiung. And amazing to connect here on the podcast. And I look forward to connecting again. Who knows? Maybe on the next trip here to beautiful Taiwan. Uh, so thanks again. As they say locally, xie xie. Xie xie. Thanks, Ricky. Thanks, uh, thanks, Andrew. And thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode live here from Taipei, Taiwan. Um, make sure you follow along, Andrew. Make sure you follow along us. If you want to see a lot of videos, I'm actually going to have the video where I film Andrew down there at the MRT subway station. And um, we have a lot more videos of us going to night markets and checking out all the beautiful sites and meeting the amazing local Taiwanese people and uh, just exploring this amazing part of the world. So thanks everyone for tuning into this episode and we'll catch up with you guys on the next one. Happy travel.